Hello and welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and today's episode is all dedicated to the best part of Thanksgiving, in my humble opinion, which are the sides. But more on that in a few moments. Uh, This is my first proper episode of The Good Vanilla that I've put out in a while. I hope you all enjoyed uh, a splash of The Good Vanilla last week, which is just sort of, you know, catching you up on my life and Lucy and vacations and stuff. But this week we are covering an episode, which is an episode all about Thanksgiving. And uh, like I said last week, it feels, in a way it feels right that I'm back for the holiday season. You know, is everyone ready for Thanksgiving? I feel, my mom always used to say that Thanksgiving was her favorite holiday because it's like Christmas, only like less stressful, and it's more focused on the food, and I agree with that. I feel like, you know, moms are the one that really make Christmas happen. I've said this before on other podcasts as well, but I think that, you know, take the stress out of the gifts and all the other stuff that, uh, you know, moms have to do, I I would feel the same if I was a mom. Um, but I do agree. I think like as I get older, I really have grown to love and appreciate Thanksgiving uh, to just like, you know, have a meal with family and relax. And I do not watch football. Sorry, folks. Um, I couldn't care less. Although I do care about what is it? Uh, I I almost said the puppy bowl, but that's not it. That's the suit. That's like what happens during the Super Bowl. Um, but I would say isn't is it like the Westminster dog show or something? It's super cute. Um, And like when we were kids, like back when I was like in high school or middle, I think high school for sure. For some reason, there was like a drum corps international, like, I don't even know, like a special. It it was just like um, marching bands and like drum corps international. They're like the, the creme de la creme of like marching bands. They are professionals. And my brother would get so mad when we put it on because he wanted to watch football and we kind of like outvoted him. Uh, my cousin and my uncle Kevin were also marching band nerds, so we kind of loved it. But, you know, my brother got over it. He watched football how many years uh, of his life? And I think we only got like three good years of the marching band. And of course, we flipped back and forth. You know, we didn't want to start a fight over that. Because, you know, Thanksgiving is uh, its all about the food and family and good times. So, Speaking of good times, let's get into this episode. This is season 17, episode 4, Cook Like a Pro, and this is Thanksgiving Ideas. So Ina begins. I'm giving traditional Thanksgiving dishes a modern twist. I'm rolling up turkey breasts with fresh herbs and prosciutto. She she pronounces it prosciutto, which uh, you know how I feel about that. Anyway, she says, you'll love my Tuscan turkey roulade. Then, I'm shaking up two classic sides. I'm adding spicy chipotle to smashed sweet potatoes. And this year, I'm roasting my green beans with fennel and potatoes. Then, for dessert, pumpkin flan with maple caramel that's going to dazzle your guests. This is a classic Thanksgiving lineup with a little makeover. So there's that. Um, I There's this, like, joke... It's like a meme on the internet, like society, if boomers were able to pronounce the word Chipotle and then they like videotape um, (laughs) like people that are like now at like I would say like 60 and above, maybe 55 and above um, to see if they could pronounce it. It is I understand 
the struggle with it, but it's Chipotle. It's not Chipotle, which I think is the most common mistake. Um, so every time I see the word Chipotle, I think of that. And then I also think of like Chipotle, the like the fast food restaurants. Is it considered fast food? I think so, right? Um, I love Chipotle. And I love this uh, smashed sweet potatoes recipe. I wish that was the first thing. That, that would have been a seamless transition there. But um, anyway, Ina starts with a textbook example of her rubbing her hands together she can she was really rubbing her hands she I feel like she could have started a fire to be honest but she was I think this this was to show her excitement she says it's it's Thanksgiving I love Thanksgiving and she like puts her hands out you know so she's starting with this Tuscan turkey roulade which sounds very fancy but really is just like a boneless turkey breast like filleted and just like you put stuff in it and roll it up and cook it. It's almost like a uh, a loin of pork. I almost said a pork of loin. Um, anyway, so she starts with the filling for this turkey breast, and which is uh, she has a two a two. She has a few tablespoons of olive oil in a skillet, and she adds some onions and some fennel seeds to the skillet. I don't know how I feel about fennel. I've never if I've had roasted fennel. I know Ina goes. She goes bananas for it, or she goes crazy. That's what she would say. Um, Because it's like, at its core, it feels like a licorice sort of flavor when it's raw, but when it's cooked, it's like, it gets sweeter. So I'd be willing to try it. I don't know how I feel about fennel seeds, though. So again, I'm willing to try anything once. So after the onions and fennel had some time to sweat a bit, she adds some garlic right at the end, of course, as not to burn it. And then she turns off the heat and adds some rosemary and chopped sage. Sage is like such a such a Thanksgiving herb. You know what I mean? I feel like it's in a lot of stuffings. So then she so she shows us this uh, like gigantic turkey breast that she had the butcher cut and fillet for her. It's huge. I mean, I guess compare in comparison to like a chicken breast, obviously it's going to be bigger. But it just it just took up the whole board really. So she seasons the breast with a lot of salt and pepper and then uh, four tablespoons of butter, which she grates. And it's like cheese. It looks kind of cool. She like sprinkles it all over everything. And then she adds the onion mixture uh, on top of the, the cheese butter, as I call it. And now it's time for the prosciutto. prosciutto. Um, she adds a whole bunch of slices and then gives the turkey breast a nice roll, nice and tight. And she ties it up with some kitchen twine about every one and a half inches she says and then just to make things you know a little a little bit more special and um to really to make it look pretty uh she tucks some extra sage leaves underneath the twine also for flavor I'm, i'm assuming as well but you know uh she can't she can't resist adding something that ina uh so she puts all of this in a roasting pan and pats it dry brushes it with some olive oil, then sprinkles lots of salt and pepper on it. And last but not least, she pours a cup of white wine in the pan and then a cup of water to keep it nice and moist as it roasts. And it's important to know that it's it's like sitting in a rack, you know what I mean? It's not like in the pan with the water just like floating in there. Um, I just wanted to make that known. <laughs> uh, so she starts by cooking this for an hour and 45 minutes she said the time will depend on the size of the turkey, but once it's 150 degrees, it's done. And, uh, of course, after it comes out, we all know by now to put a piece of tinfoil on top. So just to let those, you know, delicious juices seep back into the meat. 
And then she finally does a reveal and she gives one of her ta-dums. Uh, and it looks so good. Oh my gosh. It's, I, I feel like that she's, she did say after the end, uh, like at the very end of this recipe, she's like, once you try this, you'll never go back. So she starts to carve it up. It just looks gorgeous. It it looks like a loin of, loin of pork only with like, you know, only not. Um, so she puts it on a platter and then spoons out some of this like luscious pan juice over the turkey. She doesn't even need gravy, she says, which is also I mean, I don't know how I feel about that because I do love gravy. I should talk about my favorite Thanksgiving side dishes while we're paused here, I think. So stuffing is always number one. With cranberry sauce, I'm going to say out of the can for sure. Um, I've had homemade cranberry sauce and I, I, I like it. I appreciate the effort. You know, some people are cranberry sauce snobs. I am not. Just, you know, give me the can. It's like 88 cents at the grocery store. That's all I need. Um, I do like mashed potatoes, but they're not my favorites. I don't, I know, don't come for me. I, I, I do like them. Maybe it's because my family never really like turns up the volume. Like we don't put a pound of butter and like cream in it. It's, it's pretty minimal. So what else is there? I do like, um, I guess I do like, I, I do like a, uh, a green bean casserole for sure. Uh, I also love a sweet potato. I love a sweet potato casserole for sure. And I don't even mind the store-bought ones, to be honest. My mom gets them from Aldi every year. Ugh, so good. They're perfect. I mean, again, it's like the homemade ones are always going to be better, of course. But, um, you know, the marshmallows, the brown sugar, oh my God. Put some, uh, what are they called, walnuts on top of there. It's great. And any kind of veggie is going to be great. Um, I like a Brussels sprouts. Uh, I think our, fa- our family usually has corn. Um, I feel like I'm missing something. Dessert, but we'll talk about that later. Anyway. Oh, look at this. This is a seamless transition here. Next up is the pumpkin flan. So here we go. I want to talk about flan very quickly. I feel like flan is delicious to start off with, but sometimes the consistency can be almost like like very, not the firm tofu, but like just regular tofu. It's very like silky and like you could cut through it like with your finger almost. It's very delicate. And I feel like this pumpkin flan has a little bit more of like some oomph. It has some structure. So again, I'm not opposed to it. I just don't like it to be too soft. I don't know. And I'm sure it's supposed to be that way. So I I, I think I just need to up my flan game and order it more often. I still, I still like it. I just wish it was a little bit more firm. I think I'm expecting cheesecake and it's never going to be cheesecake. So I should just shut up about it but um Ina tells us that while she does love making making pumpkin desserts she feels like she has to make something more exciting than pumpkin pie but um I politely disagree I mean I do love pumpkin anything like make me a pumpkin cheesecake but you gotta have the pumpkin pie you gotta have it there just for you know just in case anyone wants it which is of course me it's cold pumpkin pie the day after Thanksgiving with a cup of coffee Ugh, heaven, you know, and you don't have anything to do, especially if you don't go like Black Friday shopping. It's just stay in your jammies. That's the dream. So she is, I lost my place in my notes here. She says this is almost like a combo of pumpkin pie and a creme caramel, uh, which I don't know what a creme caramel is. So should have looked it up, but I didn't. (laughs) So it starts with one can of sweetened condensed milk, one can of evaporated milk, one can of pumpkin puree, not the pumpkin pie filling, just the plain old pumpkin puree. 
and half a cup of mascarpone cheese, which I feel makes it feel like cheesecake. So I'm already into it. And she whisks that all together and then adds four extra large eggs. I use extra large eggs. Um, and next is, of course, the good vanilla. Um, one teaspoon of that. And then she adds some maple extract, which I didn't even know existed. Uh, half a teaspoon because it's very strong. And then she adds some cinnamon, nutmeg, and then some orange zest, which I love. I think that would be so delicious. Um, so next she shows us how to make the maple caramel that will be, you know, like layered at the bottom of the pan, which will eventually be the top of the, the flan. You know what I mean? It's almost like a pineapple upside down cake. Um, only not. <laughs> so that is that consists of three quarters of a cup of sugar, um, some pure grade A maple syrup, which sounds like it's $18 for like a quarter cup and then a third cup of water. And then she just brings that to a low boil she stirs it a bit, but she stirs it using like the saucepan, which is kind of cool. Um, and then she once it's like, I think it reaches like 230 degrees. She puts a half a teaspoon of fleur de sel in it and then lets it sit in the cake pan to cool for 30 minutes. I would have a hard time not eating that caramel. I feel like I would be putting my finger in it for sure. <laughs> so next she pours the flan mixture on top of the cooled caramel and then prepares the water bath, which we all know is how we cook flan. Um, she doesn't do it here, but a hot tip, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast because I feel like I've seen Ina do it, is that you put the roasting pan or sheet pan, whatever it is, like already on the oven rack, and then you put like the flan inside of it and then pour the water on the oven rack so you don't have to like because if you do it off the oven rack and you do it on top of the stove or the counter you have to like you know that journey from like the kitchen or the kitchen counter to the oven can be harrowing you know if you're sloshing around you're sloshing the water you're sloshing the flan it could be a disaster if you have kids or pets oh my god so that's a hot tip for you from i think it was ina that i saw that from Anyway, she puts the flan in the oven for an hour and 15 minutes, and she says, we want it firm, but slightly jiggly. And I feel like this would be hard for me to gauge, <laughs> like, because I'm always like, is it done? Is it not done? Especially with flan? I don't know. But I'm not making this anytime soon, so there's that. So she puts it on a cooling rack and then puts it in the fridge. Uh, she covers it in plastic first, and then she uh, chills it for at least three hours. And then we fast forward three hours later, and now it's time for the, <laughs> Ina calls it, the high drama of taking it out of the pan. So she runs a knife around the edges and brings like a, like a flat plate with a little like lip on the end, just in case the caramel oozes out, which of course it will. Um, and she flips it and says, whoa. <laughs> but of course it turns out beautifully. And Ina says, I think we need a little orange zest on top of it. Um, I th I guess that's fine. I don't know what I would have put on top of it, though. Like, what else could we have put on, like, a cinnamon stick? I feel like that would just, like, fall into it, like, quicksand. So I guess it's the orange zest. I just feel like eventually the orange zest would settle into the caramel. Maybe I'm overthinking this. I don't know. Um, but she slices it up, and it looks so chic. looks so beautiful and, like, classy. And Ina says... I don't know. I may have to skip turkey and go right to dessert. Hmm. <laughs> Which, I mean, same, Ina. Same. All right. So next up is the chipotle 
smashed sweet potatoes, which sounds great. This sounds like a true, like taking a classic and turning the volume up. So she starts with six sweet potatoes that she's roasted uh, for about an hour and 15 minutes. That's so long. I, I think I've talked about this before. I just feel like true baked potatoes are such, they take no effort, but they take too long. They just, I, I don't, I don't understand. But um, I guess I would rather just cut them up in the bits and then like roast them that way. That's my preferred way. But I do love a baked potato. Anyway, um, so she, while the potatoes are cooling down, she is making the cream mixture for the potatoes. I feel like I've said potatoes like 60 times in the last 15 seconds. Um, so she starts with a cup of milk and a cup of cream heavy cream or something or maybe just cream and she's like I mean it is Thanksgiving and then she gives like a look to the camera use the heavy cream I know we allow it next is one tablespoon of chipotle chilies and adobo sauce and she gives them a chop and then puts them into the milk and cream and then she adds just a tablespoon of the adobo sauce for some extra flavor and while that simmers away, she peels the potatoes and puts them into the standing mixer. So as the standing mixer sort of, I guess, mashing the potatoes, she drizzles in the cream and chipotle mixture, and then she adds some maple syrup. I'm sure it's like that grade A maple syrup that was mentioned earlier. And then four tablespoons of butter. Yes. And then some salt. And now it's time to put it in the casserole dish. I feel like this is actually very easy to make. The hardest, not the hardest part, but the most annoying part is probably baking the sweet potatoes. Um, I guess you could roast them, but if you want to peel them, I like a smashed potato though, like a smashed mashed potato. Are they just called smashed potatoes? I don't know why I can't put that together in my brain right now, but you know, um, so she puts it into the oven. Did I already say that? Oh my gosh, I'm losing it. And, um, you know, we fast forward. It only takes 30 minutes to bake too, which is awesome. So again, another plus. And she sprinkles a little salt and a little pepper on it, and that's it. And Ina grabs, like, the biggest spoon I've ever seen and takes a bite, and she burns her mouth, folks. And I often wonder what the, like, behind the scenes looks like. Like, who is in charge of making sure Ina didn't burn her mouth? Because I feel like some of the TV magic is, like, they make it, but they let it cool because, you know, they can do, they can film something else while it's cooling. But I guess, um... They got it. I, I feel like she got it just out of the oven. Or maybe Ina's fooling us. I don't know. Either way, I feel like someone got fired that day for Ina burning her mouth. But uh, we'll never know. So the last dish of this episode uh, are the roasted fingerling potatoes and fennel with green beans and Parmesan cheese. Parmesan cheese, excuse me. Um, which sounds like a lot. But also when I saw it put together, I was like, yeah, I would totally eat this. So as she's chopping up the fingerling potatoes, she adds... She adds, she tells us how they used to make like 200 Thanksgiving dinners at the Barefoot Contessa specialty food store back in the day. And that's, that sounds like a lot of work. Woof. And she's like, I think she said like, just packing them alone was just crazy. I don't know what she said, but, uh, you know, Ina was, she was, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm like burning the midnight oil, something to do with, she's working hard is what I'm saying. I don't know why I can't think of phrases today. But going back to this dish, she um, she says she always put one mixed vegetable on the menu and the people went crazy uh, at the Barefoot Contessa. So anyway, now we'll go back to the dish. Um, so she cuts up the fennel, fennel bulbs. What are they? Heads? I think they might be bulbs. 
we'll go with bulbs, and then puts a fair amount of olive oil onto the potatoes and the fennel in a sheet pan. And then she puts them in the oven for about 15 minutes at 425, tosses them, and they go back into the oven for 15 more minutes, uh, just to crisp up a little bit. And then she adds the green beans. So this is interesting. I don't think I've ever done this. Um, she like takes the, as she flips the potatoes, or maybe it's after they're doesn't matter when it is. So she puts like raw green beans, Ericover, on top of the potatoes and the fennel. And she kind of mixes them around just to kind of get them coated with olive oil. And then she throws them back in the oven. I don't think I've ever roasted green beans before. I feel like they would burn. You know, I feel like they would turn into like the texture of like, <laughs> like shoelaces or something. You know, I don't know. I mean, they turn out great. I feel like it's when you roast, like when you roast broccoli, they, they look like you've dipped them in like mud or something. You know, they, they look burnt, but they're not. And I thought green beans would follow suit, but I don't know. Maybe I'm going to have to start roasting my green beans. I usually steam them or like blanch them. I like them with a little, you know, a little crisp, a little bite. Um, anyway, after all this, after the green beans are put in, then she tops it all off with some freshly grated Parmesan cheese. And I think she put it back in the oven after that, but I feel like you'd have to watch it because that cheese could burn. Either way, it looks beautiful. The green beans are vibrant and everything is cooked to perfection as we knew it would be. And then Ina burns her mouth on a green bean, (laughs) but not as bad as the other time. She says hot. Uh, So she puts all the veggies onto a platter. This is still the green bean potato fennel veggie thing that I'm talking about. Um, and gives us a few tips here for like kind of plating your veggies. She says, if it's if your platter is too big, the veggies will get lost. But if it's too small, it'll all be heaped up in a pile, and that's no good either. So I guess it's just really finding the good uh, the good platter. Um, but I feel she also adds, you want to make sure that there's just like a smidge of platter or plate, I guess, on the outside, like about an inch. And Ina says it's almost like a picture frame for the food, which I like because I do feel that, I don't know, food can very much be art. You know what I mean? As, as far as the presentation, especially on Thanksgiving. So that's a little hot tip for you all. Um, I keep I feel like I'm talking as if I'm the one who came up with this, but it's obviously Ina. So I can't take credit. But now it's time for the grand finale the entire Thanksgiving buffet. It looks amazing. And these are like the newer episodes where they kind of pop up. They're like, what, 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 what? There's like little sound effects and then the dishes just show up like with an aerial view on the counter. You know what I'm talking about. Um, and Ina finishes up the episode by saying, I would say that looks like Thanksgiving. Each one is a classic that I've updated in, in a nice modern way. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And then she smiles. Ah. <sighs> I felt good. I feel like I blew through that, but maybe I was just so excited to be back and talk about Thanksgiving and talk about Ina. Um, I think I'm going to do, I'm going to commit to it. The next next week, which is Thanksgiving, um, I'm going to do a 42-minute episode. It's not going to, the episode that I make, like the good vanilla is not going to be 42 minutes, but the episode that I watch is. It's an hour special. I think it's I can't remember what it's called, but maybe she has guests. I don't know. But I saw it, and I almost did that this week. But I was like, I think I might save it for, like, actual Thanksgiving. So next week should be a longer episode. So look forward to that. But in the meantime, I guess that's, uh, that's all I have for you. So 
Thank you for listening, everyone. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can follow it on Instagram at goodvanillapod. And you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com. Also, I made a group for The Good Vanilla on Facebook. Very easy to find. Just search The Good Vanilla. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. Or just tell another Barefoot Contessa fanatic. That also works, too. And if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Instagram at Nick Kochanov. And you could find me on my other podcast, the best supporting podcast every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Stay safe. Happy Thanksgiving. And I'll see you next time.